This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Brexit, if they vote to exit, would definitely be a vote against free trade, a vote against globalization. The Fed could be operating on a hope and prayer, which they've been doing for the better part of the past six years. They were always just one quarter away from escape velocity. But the markets are sending you a different signal. The relationship between interest rates and gold can be quite ambiguous. And in the past, at times, I've said interest rate hikes, gold has done quite well. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 1 p.m. in Vienna, the center of the financial world today, at least for a while this morning. OPEC ministers are meeting. Some talk of a production deal being bruited about. Nobody thinks it will really happen. Oil prices little changed on the day. And the ECB Governing Council meets in the Austrian capital. Their latest oh, yeah. policy decision ECB. due in 45 minutes. Yes, indeed. And then Mario Draghi speaks after that. Little change forecast from the ECB either. Perhaps the news of the morning for investors comes about 20 minutes from now. Fed Governor Daniel Tarullo will be interviewed live here on Bloom. I want to remember Ed Sullivan right here on our stage by our David Weston. He's in the silent center. The board members who almost always vote with Chair Janet Yellen. How does he feel about a June or July rate move? If you're on a trading desk, you cannot miss that. Plus, ADP, always tradable, out at 815. How much will the Verizon strike screw up that number? So much going on. Let me just do a quick data check, Tom, and get everybody set up for the day. The stock 600 in Europe down for much of the day, now up a point, two-tenths of a percent. In the U.S., futures were much lower. They have, as in the vernacular, paired their losses. S&P futures down a point, uh, less than a tenth of a percent. Dow futures down eight points, and NASDAQ futures are down two points right now. The bond market uh, yields are higher than they were yesterday at this time, still not where they were last Friday. The two-year yield, 89 basis points. The five-year, 1.38%. The 10-year, 1.83. Everybody watching the dollar, and we'll get to that in just a second. The DXY index at 95.302 is lower by two-tenths this morning. The yen is lower this morning, 108.96. The euro is a little bit stronger, 111.98. It was up to 112.20 at one point. And, of course, everybody's watching the Brexit meter. The British pound cable, 144.32, up by a tenth this morning. Oh, and I mentioned oil prices. I should give those to you, both over 49. 49.02, a penny increase for West Texas. Brent crude, 49.77, up a nickel uh, this morning, Tom. So uh, an awful lot going on. The one other, uh, the one thing I think we can predict, all those numbers are going to change by the end of surveillance. Today. Yeah, well, we've been range-bound, futures negative one, Dow futures negative uh, six. I noticed uh, we're going to talk about yen here with Shab Jalanus in a moment, 108.97, stronger yen uh, decisively uh, this morning. I want to get back to the ECB in two seconds, though. Uh, Bloomberg Surveillance is always on this most busy day, brought to you by Invesco. Have you considered all of your investment alternatives non-traditional? Asset classes and strategies may help you achieve your goals. Find out more at Invesco.com slash alternatives. I have like eight people, Michael McKee, tell me the Draghi press conference doesn't matter. I just don't buy that. It matters in one sense. People want to know what their forecast is for growth and inflation, whether it's changed, because that gives you a clue to what they might do in the future. And then uh, those on trading desks want to know the details uh, to the extent they don't have them, of corporate bond purchases. There have okay, been a I'm lot of companies issuing corporate bonds in the hope 
yeah. that demand will be high and they'll make money. Shab Jalan is with us with Credit Suisse. One of the great themes of your James Sweeney is deflation's overweight, over, not overrated, but maybe overweighted or misweighted. Is deflation worries and disinflation uh, misweighted in Europe as we wait for Draghi to speak? Well, it's uh, it's a complicated issue. Obviously, as oil prices go up, you would think that that will take up uh, the overall headline inflation number. On the other hand, one interesting feature of inflation in Europe has been how weak services inflation has been. Um, even in countries like Germany, where growth has been strong, uh, services inflation has been weak. And that won't really be affected by higher oil prices. I think... Those who believe that uh, deflation in Europe is a longer-term concern, a structural concern, they will focus more on that dynamic. Um, and certainly in that framework, uh, it's too soon to say that Europe is uh, definitively going to move out of the inflation trap, uh, sorry, deflation trap, just because oil prices are moving up. So I think the jury will be out on this for a long time. Uh, James probably would agree that uh, the odds of inflation moving higher in the U.S., uh, on a sustainable basis are higher than in Europe at this point. Well, let's get to the, uh, the, the, the center of your world and uh, many people's concerns about the Fed. The argument is we're going to be importing deflation because the dollar is going to be soaring because of uh, the uh, return differential between uh, interest rates in the U.S. and the rest of the world. Uh, but uh, we really haven't seen the dollar go anywhere right. for about two years now. Well, the, the thing is, the markets obviously uh, always try to price uh, ahead of time a rate cycle. Um, and what we've typically seen is that the markets get ahead of themselves in terms of how many rate hikes they priced in for the Fed. And then when uh, that's happening, the dollar strengthens. Once you see the Fed not actually hike as many times as the market expected, you tend to see the dollar pull back. Um, and I think that's the issue that we've been contending with over the past year, that just Fed has not been able to deliver as many hikes as the market expected, uh, and that's pulled the dollar back over the past year. What does the dollar have scope to go significantly higher? I think that's unlikely uh, for the simple reason that uh, there's a – self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts working out there, which is as soon as the market tries to price in uh, a significant number of Fed rate hikes, the dollar wants to go a lot higher um, and immediately starts to create some disinflationary forces for the U.S. economy. Often you also see other countries uh, in emerging markets, for example, start to show signs of stress too when that happens. So you always find that you, in a way you go back to square one uh, once you start to get that type of dynamic. So I think you really need to see either a clear sign that the U.S. economy could go uh, its own way without being impacted by the rest of the world um, for the dollar to keep strengthening. Or you need to, perversely, you might need to see some signs that the rest of the world uh, is doing well enough uh, to allow the Fed to hike as many times as the market would want. Well, well if I could, Tom, let me just follow that Please. up with, with one question here ahead of Dan Tarullo coming on. Does that suggest the Fed was wrong to freak out about the markets in January and put off any rate increases? Well, January was a stressful time. Uh, we, we've, at this point, obviously, the S&P is back towards the highs. Volatility in markets is very low. It's easy to forget uh, how January felt, particularly uh, the ruptures that we were seeing in the, in the Chinese currency market at that time took everybody by surprise. And I think, in my view, the Fed did the right thing by uh, playing it safe at that time. Um, if there was a tremendous amount of inflationary pressure already in the pipeline, you might question that. Um, but I think, given what we now know, I still believe that uh, it was the right uh, move to, to be cautious 
uh, at the start of the year. So the question now going forward, um, and with markets much more stable, is what prompts the Fed to hike now? The focus mm-hmm. right now is on U.S. domestic data, obviously, uh, and the payroll's numbers tomorrow make uh, a lot of difference in that equation. Um, but for me, for the dollar to have trend growth, it's not enough to just see one Fed hike over the summer. What I need to see uh, is a sequence uh, of events, a sequence of positive numbers from the U.S. Um, that forces the market to price in but many more than that. Uh, uh, but if, foreign, if your world is a world of compare and contrast, of ratios, is it about American dollar dynamics or is it about other weaker economies? Is that really what we're talking about? It's the interplay of the two. Um, and, and, of course, what we've seen uh, over the past few years is that uh, the independence of, of the American growth dynamic from what's going on in the rest of the world is reducing. Um, in fact, as China, for example, gets bigger and bigger, um, the interplay between the U.S. and the rest of the world is only going to go higher. Uh, so it becomes much more difficult to try to disentangle what the U.S. economy is doing from what the global economy is doing. And that will be a, a new feature for the FX market to have to, to get a handle on, I think, going forward. Are, are you worried about what happens with the Chinese yuan? There's, there's a, a school of thought that said that what happened in January was really currency traders' fault because they didn't understand the new Chinese currency regime, that they're focused on the basket, and everybody else was worried about whether the, dollar w- uh, the, the yuan would be devalued against the dollar. Well, the problem is the, the level of transparency provided by the Chinese authorities around how uh, the yuan is managed is fairly low, to be honest. Um, so the possibility of mishaps in that framework is, is obviously a lot higher. Um, I think what we have right now, the market has agreed upon, is uh, the idea that there is now a, a trade-weighted uh, renminbi target of sorts, um, and they're allowing the, the renminbi to fall uh, against a group of currencies slowly over time, they seem to have come to the conclusion that this is a safer way of achieving a weaker currency than step shifts against the U.S. dollar, which uh, are much more noticeable and cause a lot more uh, more angst to the market. Shab Jalanus with us with Credit Suisse. Lots to talk about here. To set it up before, where are we, Mike? 7.45? 7.45 the, uh, for the rate decisions. But any real information will come at 8.30 Wall Street 830. time uh, when uh, Mario Draghi speaks. So Mario Draghi in Vienna, and, and Mr. Cerullo will be uh, with our David Weston here within this hour. That will be an important conversation. It's central banker surveillance today. It is central banker surveillance today. We'll do a little bit on oil, too. 49.75 on Brent crude, 48.99 on West Texas Intermediate. All eyes on Vienna. Let's check in with Michael Barr now and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael? Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Hillary Clinton is calling Donald Trump a fraud, claiming he's trying to scam Americans the way he scammed students who enrolled in his university. Trump's campaign is seeking to deflect criticism of his defunct real estate seminars with positive testimonials from two former students. German Chancellor Angela Merkel faces the country's next run-in with Turkey's president. Parliament is preparing to vote on condemning the Ottoman Empire's 1915 killings and deportations of Armenians as genocide. In Texas, more rain is in the forecast southwest of Houston. The Brazos River is already four feet above record levels. Heavy rain and flash flooding has left at least five people dead in parts of France and Belgium and Germany. 
in South we, Southeast Germany. Several people drowned in the state of Bavaria. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike Top. Michael Barr, thanks so much. Futures negative 2, Dow Futures negative 12. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. In this hour, Governor Teruo. It is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State Dealer. There's no better way to experience summer than in the car of your dreams, and now you can get an expertly crafted Mercedes-Benz for less than you can imagine. Visit your Tri-State Dealer or MBUSA.com.